How are we doing, guys? Welcome to episode number 22 of the Studio 7 Fitness Podcast with myself, Michael Lindsay. Um, hope you're all well and keeping well in these uh, strange times. Um, it's been a few weeks since we posted um, um, a podcast. I've just been focused really on getting the gym back running, back opening, getting the programs full, and obviously with our restrictions, etc. Um, but look, touch wood, we're, we're going day by day, week by week, and hopefully we'll be able to, to keep going and you know, um, feedback has been good. So we've got everything in place safety wise. So yeah, so I was looking forward to this one um, for a while. Um, we are got a guest podcast in today. And it is none other than Julia Boost, who is a physical therapist. Um, and she is one half a very important half of a jerking physical therapy clinic. So I'll talk about um, say my relationship with with Jer and Julia as in I've been treated by them both over the years I'm nearly put together by sellotape at this stage um, but they're keeping me they're keeping me going which is great um, but just to give you a little background on Julia uh, Julia um, joined the clinic from County Waterford so she's a Waterford native um, and that followed her qualification with a distinction from the Institute of Physical Therapy in 2016 she before that she um, graduated with an um a BSc honors in physiology from UCC, so she knows the uh, she knows the body well, guys, um, and is currently studying to become an accredited member um, with the UK Strength and Conditioning Association, the UK SCA. Um, so she is training away for that at the moment um, herself and Jer. Um, we'll try and get Jer in as well on the podcast at some stage. I think it was Julia first, then Jer. <laughs> um, we'll try and persuade him. Um, so Julia specialised in rehabilitation and has extensive experience in managing chronic neuromuscular diseases, um, which include the lower back, shoulder and hip related pain and has a special interest in pre and post operative care programs, so that rehabilitation from surgery, etc. So, um, and also, which I didn't know until she sent me a little bio, um, Julia played with the Waterford County football team, so underage, and with West Waterford Athletics Club until, unfortunately, she suffered um, an ACL, so anterior crucial ligament injury, which unfortunately cut her sporting career short. Um, but um, she she now really enjoys working with, with um, footballers and athletes as well as the general public. And she's currently working with the Kerry Minor football team, which she has great interest in, which is which is good. Um, has, she's also worked with the Kerry Senior Hurling team as well, so from 2016 to 2019. So uh, very qualified, very experienced. Um, and as I said, during the podcast, we'll have a nice chat and I'll go through my experience with Julia. She's a tough cookie as well. She puts you through your paces, which you need. Um, so, without further ado, welcome Julia Boost to the Studio 7 Fitness Podcast. <laughs> well, Mike, how's it going? <laughs> My big dirty you... water production coming out there. <laughs> You've been looking forward to this, haven't you? I've been um, talking to you um, for last <laughs> It depends how you put it, <laughs> or what way you see it. Uh, to be honest, pod- podcasts put the fear in me. I'm That's more fun. of a one-to-one kind of person, not a You are, group. and I, I can see that now, regularly yeah. in the last few months. Um, you, you work well one-to-one, but yeah, don't you be surprised... Uh, um, the podcast is not live or anything, so uh, we're not recording it um, visually, so you'll be fine. <laughs> um, um, okay, so you mentioned it there, you're from Waterford. Tell me about mm-hmm. Waterford. I don't think I've been there. but um... Oh, it's a lovely, lovely town. <laughs> uh, well, it? Dungarvan's where I'm from. Okay. Um, my dad and my mum wrapped up there from uh, South Africa, of all places. Tell me more, South Africa. So from South Africa, that's where they met, and they ended up then in Germany, where my dad is from. And that's where my two sisters rocked up and, you know, business brought my dad over here and built a business out of engineering. And here I am. Wow. So Waterford, <laughs> so Waterford to the kingdom. Um, tell me about that. So where did you do? You did your, you did undergrads, as I put in the in the intro there in um, physiology. Um, whereabouts you did that UCC, was it? UCC, yeah. So um, I suppose I've always had a mad interest in... Um, anatomy, physiology, physical therapy or physio. Um, as a kid, I always wanted to be a vet. I mean, I wanted to have a stud farm as a child. I had Barbie doll horses and they were my collection. I didn't even know what a stud farm was. Yeah. Um, and then it just kind of went from there where I was like, I remember trying to treat my friends um, when they hurt themselves playing football or hurling. And from there I thought, um, I suppose having parents that aren't, I suppose Irish natives, there wasn't the education side of things 
in terms of how how to get from A to B. So for me, I wanted to be a physiotherapist. And I thought, for physiology sounds about right, let's give that a go. Yeah. I mean, our guidance counsellor was all like, oh, nursing and teaching, and that was it. But um, <laughs> Too so stable, too stable occupations there. <laughs> nursing and it. teaching. <laughs> that was it for everyone. Yeah, but, um, yeah. So I chose physiology. Um, you had to do a biochemical, a biological and chemical sciences course. Okay. And that deviated into neuroscience or physiology. And I remember going into my fourth year and you had to do your thesis on... I think I chose mine on breast cancer cells and you're trying to okay, um, alter calcium levels by saying breast cancer cells or cancer cells in general, calcium levels would spike massively and that allows for uh, quick receptor openings which allows uh, the gating system to open and allows cell processing or cell cell dividing a lot. Okay. It happens a lot faster. So, um, But at the time I remember I slipped down the stairs and I broke my wrist. I just happened to end yeah. up in front of a physical therapist at the time and I realised, you know, this is what I want to do. Okay. I had to finish off a whole year of college first. So So that was your moment when you're like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, because I've, I've between the ACL and that and the physio, I kind of like, do you know what, I like this, but I wasn't sure how to get there. Yeah. And I thought physiology was the way. Uh, very naive at the time. <laughs> yeah. but the same as that. You, it comes with age. Um, <laughs> I've matured a bit, all right. <laughs> I have a few years on you yet, Julia. So you're right. You're a young one. You're a young one yet. Um, when did the ACL happen? Sorry, um, just going back. I reckon it was. I think I was fifteen. Um, about that. Yeah, I would have played. I mean, I was playing county. I was playing club football. I was athletics three times a week. We were doing hill running every Sunday. I think I drove my mum demented, but she was happy to drive me everywhere, to be honest. Yeah, you loved it. Um, oh, absolutely loved it. I was mad determined to play for Waterford as a, as a senior. As a senior, yeah. And I, do you know what? That was my mission, but... Um, and was I, it was it done, sorry to interrupt you, was it done playing? Um, was it football or was it athletics? Or no, how did you... I was in a hall running. Um, it was something to like a no-name club. I don't know if people remember them. It's kind of, uh, kind of like an activity club for teenagers. Oh, okay. And I was running through the hall and some kid came out of, I don't know, my black spot, would oh, say, no. and they took my knee with them. She's um, just a bad oh, accident, bad I remember, accident. Well, yeah, oh, she was the size of Africa then. And, oh, and I remember, you know, bravely putting on my face and hobbling out the door, bawling my head off or trying not to in front of everyone. Um, and then I think it was three days later, I was getting a piggyback because I couldn't walk. <laughs> I was pulled down and that was it. And you're only you're 15? About that, oh. yeah, and I mean, it is what it is. If I'd known what was involved in, like, I suppose rehabilitation mm. at the time, I would have, well, obviously looked for somebody who was really good at not only surgery but also rehabilitation. Because at the time it was very limited. Mm. Yeah, and um, we've got, we're, we're going to definitely talk about that later on as well about yeah. how it's how it's evolved in regards to rehabilitation. As you said, it was. Do you know, people tend to kind of jump, jump quickly to surgery or push towards surgery. Yeah. Well, I, well the surgeries, I had two surgeries first. The first, it took the GP about three months to refer me. He thought it was a new sprain. Oh. At the time, I had fluid drained from my knee. It was this lovely yellow stuff. Oh, um, because just it sprain. just swelled, it just kept going. And I, so I hadn't a clue what was going on. My parents were none the wiser. Um, but ultimately, was referred and I had, um, I mean, generally with an ACL, there is often there's a triad of injuries. So you get a, a meniscal tear, you'll generally get um, your stabilizers, which are to say the MCL or LCL, one of those will generally go, which is generally the MCL and then the ACL on top of that. Okay, so I had yeah. a full on party. You had all of um, it. Yeah. And Jeez. they only, the surgeon at the time, you know, like things have changed so much now that surgeons will generally appreciate that if somebody's down the route of an athlete or they they like to play sport then they will bring in they will stabilize and they will sort everything out in the first surgery that wasn't that, taken that, into regard that didn't happen no, no. it was like no they only was, partially um fixed it they? yeah they just took away the, the meniscus which was um it was a bucket handle tear which stops my knee from fully straightening out okay. um so there's a lot of locking incidences and so on yeah. and lots of buckling and then it was another year and a half later before I had the ACL. So I wow. spent probably two and a half years on crutches. <laughs> no way. And you're young well, as well, teenager as well. well yeah. And you're frustrated, obviously, you wanted to so play. And... No more sport. And essentially, um, I mean, the rehab was so limited to basic activation and then machines. And if, if I take somebody through a program, it's a nine month to one year job where you're really turning them from 
activating the leg, getting them moving on the first day to on walking and activating and really getting things moving and active, mm. um, strong, working through basic activation to strength, max strength, plyometrics and power, which comes down six months later yeah. and there was none of that. So wow. literally three months of rehab and it was game over. And I tried to go back to county training and asked me to come back. And I I reckon it was a buckling incident because it was when I tore again, but I hadn't a clue. <laughs> And how was that sort of, I suppose, psychologically at the time? Was it just, was it, you know, was it a, a tough to take? A, a... Um, well, I, you know, you make peace with it. I remember the, the second surgeon, all right, um, he told me I was never playing football again. I he said, said I will get, if I run, I'm going to get arthritis on my knee by the age of 30. And how old you that put the... <laughs> <laughs> There, thereabouts. <laughs> that put the living daylights of fear into me. Um, and he Jeez. told me, hang up the football boots. And I bawled my eyes out. As you would do. Like, oh, same, I was yeah, traumatised. Yeah, yeah. So I think I held on to the football boots for about three months. And I still have the socks. I, know, I'm, I, I still have them. <laughs> I can't throw them away. And I, yeah. I, I, I'll talk about my, my uh, which you're, you're helping me with at the minute. Um, but that's nearly a year. Well, coming down towards October as a year, I ruptured my Achilles. So... And even then, it because because yeah, if you have a like you had a, you have a passion for it, like I played football my whole life and went to a decent level, but um, it was I kind of came out of retirement probably um, because you'd miss it, like you'd miss the, the it was my kind of de-stress I suppose because I was I'd be quite an introvert as in quite I was I was always confident on the football pitch or soccer pitch now mm-hmm. kind of call it I grew up in the in the UK but it was that was my place where I could you know express I I was kind of decent enough. And then when, you know, I played it all my life and then when you can't play it then and, um, you know, I never really had, I had a bit of a sort of a grade two MCL once, but not, not to, not to uh, your degree, but probably the, the Achilles was probably the worst thing I had. Um, but it's that realisation, like, you know, you're probably not going to be going back to be playing properly again and, well, maybe not ever, but, you know, I have to find another hobby, but it's, it, it was that kind of letting go of of okay mm. that part of your life you know so um and i suppose you're yeah. so into it like i have a niece who's she's probably gonna be teenager soon she's growing up she's 13 she's into football athletics and you know you're only probably a couple of years older than her when when it happened and you know i'd say if you took that away from her she'd be kind of you know it'd be tough oh it's devastating yeah, yeah. um i mean your whole social circle changes yeah exactly I mean, you literally went from being out six days a week and that's another story of the kids going out and doing several training sessions yeah. a day but yeah we've um, got a question on that later on actually <laughs> <laughs> i hold my yeah, I hold yeah, yeah. um but it i mean your whole social side is gone and you're in school and you're making a whole new group of friends yeah that's literally what it was i didn't start running till i was 20 again wow i didn't go near it and it was a really slow it was my sister to drag me out with the dogs <laughs> really and i haven't stopped since so yeah i mean and from an incident like it was mm. and from what the surgeon said i mean it's still it still sits in me it would be traumatic if someone says you can't do that ever again and don't do this and you get arthritis if you go running do you know that's that's some sweeping statements and, and yeah and what you find you know and, and that kind of leads me into the next question about the um you know i was even i suppose when 2004-25 was kind of involved in kind of a league of Ireland team when i was playing but even then, it wasn't. We didn't really have an SNC coach. It was, mm-hmm. it was kind of the guy who was kind of the kit man slash massage guy slash, you know, we were the doing, everything man. Yeah. Um, now and then, a couple of years later, it started to come in more so as as, um, and it's obviously progressed over the last decade and stuff. But um, when did you feel it was it was starting to to change? Um, and obviously, it depends on the GP and the consultant. But like you know, when they were starting to say, okay, we need to. You know, if you are, if you have to have surgery, okay, let's get the post surgery. Let's get your rehab going straight away. Like, when did when there did you feel was, that ki- there was kick in? None of that. Really, there is nothing. nothing. No, I can't quite remember now how I got from surgery one to surgery two. But I'd say, it, I'm guessing the GP just realised, you know, the the incidence of um, buckling was too extreme because obviously with no ACL and I was. I was a full-on tomboy, so I'd be fighting on my bikes with the lads. It was a game yeah, we yeah, played, yeah. pushing each other off into the nettles. Yeah. Um, and I'd, you know, you get away with it maybe the first, second time, but it would blow up then, and sure, yeah. I'm hobbling home. Um, so one led to the other, but there was, I don't think, looking back, I don't think the choices made by the surgeons or the GP was were right. Yeah. And that's just my own personal opinion. Yeah. But, um, 
I think the action should have been taken sooner, but a lot of it is education now yeah, as well. They just didn't, it wasn't as permanent. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of gave you a push or it's in the back of your mind then and then you had some physical therapy for your wrists and stuff and then you were like, okay, I like, I, I'm interested in, because you had a personal experience of injury mm-hmm. and also you were like, I don't know, you kind of, this would be, you know, I like helping people generally and I like to see, I like to make it a, a difference in somebody else who's gone through that type. Was that kind of a thing where you were like drawn to that industry? I was, yeah, I, I mean, I always had in the back of my head that I wanted to somehow help. Yeah. and be useful and that's where I realised when I was going in college in my fourth year um, lab work I wasn't cut out for I was made to move and yeah. I can't sit still Yeah, I could never sit still that was a definite I couldn't do an office show I couldn't do oh, it oh absolutely do not but um, and it was you know the guy that was absolutely he was treating my wrist but I was at the time um, I had broken the other wrist before so I've been through it before and I knew what was ahead of me um, so I kind of started back working as a waitress um, after two weeks with a broken wrist really? but it kept my muscles nice and strong yeah, I didn't like yeah. the cast came off and that's a good way it didn't look any actually different. carrying carrying plates and well it wasn't quite to that, to that extreme I was doing a lot of perceptionary work yeah. um, bookkeeping that kind of thing um, but it just meant like the physio the physical therapist at the time said you know what your wrist is fine Strength was good, but my knee was also giving me jip at the time. So he killed me on the table. He treated it, but I could come out walking. Okay. And that's when I realised, this is class. This can make a difference to, yeah. to people. like you know? And that was only like, I mean, you're very scraping the cover. Like from what we do is, from a work perspective, maybe 20% is table work. Most of it is actually out in the yeah. gym. And there you can't beat the feeling of seeing somebody who might be able to tie their laces again because yeah. their pain is gone and it could be as simple as that or washing windows that haven't been washed in maybe three years because yeah. they can move their shoulder so yeah. nothing beats that yeah. to be honest um, and that's just what I've seen you know the guys yourself and Joe have been working kind of here for you know inside the gym and I can see it more first hand I've gone through the treatment so with both of you which I'll go through <laughs> <laughs> as I said in my intro I'm like held together with tape at the minute but uh, no no uh, I'm getting stronger and, and I'm doing my single leg box jumps I'm getting there um, but you find yeah in regards to actually you, you, there is you know, obviously a bit of treatment hands on but like and that's what I love about physical therapy and you guys is it's and you instill that um, bit of belief that you you know you can do so like I never thought I'd be doing hurdling that soon and then all of a sudden no no, you could be fine and then it's given you know psychologically after an injury like a bad one like like I had it was like it's kind of trust in your leg again and you think I can't I I can't do that but like you're just telling yourself that story but afterwards I'll be I was buzzing like you know and I was like wow um and you that video you did of it and I was like people were kind of commenting saying you know and that from the time and you think back and you're like you're on a cast on a trolley in here doing going around the place you know you think you'd never get to that Mm. point again of jumping or running and then you do but that's in part you know a big part of of, of what you guys do and and what I found with yourself and Joe I was with Joe a few years ago with a back had two prolapse discs and I remember I was probably mid-30s maybe early 30s that was kind of a while ago now (laughs) but uh, a bit bit, bit while ago that's why it's a bit hazy but um, I remember going in and I'd be waking up in pain I was still playing for locally for a team and and uh, if I jarred it or you know not every morning but I'd be kind of and you know if we get Joe on again he's he's kind of like you know a, a counsellor as well and so yourself like you, you kind of by the end of it because you're only a young man Michael <laughs> you know the way he says oh, yeah. like, you should be waking up wondering if you're going to be in pain or not you've got a few years left and I, by the end of it I was like actually yeah I do <laughs> so it was amazing because it was like I had got a mind and body experience in there because you, you're so like down and you're like oh this is just you kind of accept and you probably get a clients as well and I and as you said, the reason I'm still in the business as well, in, because you see the difference and, you know, some referrals from you guys, you know, um, lady, you know, who couldn't, hadn't really hardly any range for the last two or three years, her shoulder was affecting her. And now she's flying and, and just the personality comes out of them. And I find yeah. that that's the best feedback you can have in any job. And that's why I'm still doing it, you know. Yeah. Um, so, a lot of it boils down to your, I think, how you bring your personality across. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if anyone's caught on by now. I like to, I laugh a lot. Yeah, and yeah. I, the way I see it is if you get somebody laughing and they feel they start feeling more comfortable in themselves yeah. and they might open up and then you'll have the banter and the crack, yeah. even though they're in pain. And yeah. I, it makes such a difference for them coming in. Yeah, I'm probably still their worst nightmare, but they're still coming in. They're still doing their work. And 
there's you you create a positive environment and that's i think the big thing about working here i love yeah i know it's not necessarily our home but it's our temporary home yeah exactly you made us feel so welcome and there's such a positive vibe in here it's class yeah no the energy is great and um as i said uh, jared and julia probably been in here for a few months because the place they're in before shut down due to the covid etc and then um, they're having they're in we can talk about their plans for the future and their their their, their new clinic. <laughs> Temporarily homeless. Yeah, so they're yeah they're but they're very welcome here, and it's actually we we talk about it all the time about the energy and and we'll talk about that holistic approach that we have a kind of a link through, um because the place is a nice space and I remember just standing there one day and I was working with somebody and Julie was doing some I think it was some deceleration work with somebody, and Joe was doing some like power work with somebody like doing some hurdle or box jumps and we're all in there kind of working away and it was just a great vibe like the energy yeah, and I was kind yeah. of smart it was buzzing like you know so and that's it was great to see a, a busy gym where um, and people are coming all the time and you see the progression in people and as you said it's it's the connection you have with the person they could be coming in depressed you know they, they, they're upset it could be you know and I was a footballer and uh, you know you see them coming in and they've got a hamstring or whatever and they're like you know they can't play and, and it's just lifting their spirits and saying look mm-hmm. you know here's a time frame within two three weeks you'll be doing this this and this you know and it just gives people that you know, yeah. a little bit of belief, I suppose, that, they, you know, there is, because, you know, as I said at the beginning, it's like a dark tunnel. You don't see any, oh, this going to be... But once you can... Then you're like, oh, I can start doing this again, or I can start mm-hmm. putting a bit of pressure through that leg, and I can start jumping a little bit, you know. So it, just those little sort of micro goals. Setting yeah. targets, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a big part I of it. I suppose it just depends on the injury, though. I mean, some are quick fixes, like hamstrings, generally. Yeah. If they're nothing major, you can probably get them back into play within two to three weeks. Mm. Lower back different kettle of fish yeah that's the thing it just depends on the person as well if it's young like when you get a 19 or 20 year old with lower back pain which shouldn't even be happening no um they generally respond a lot faster whereas but there isn't as much fear maybe involved you'd be surprised though depends on the person i was probably going to ask the question later and we might bring it in now what you just said there with the young young people i remember a guy coming in and um he's only 15 16 playing playing for a club playing he's in development squads and school and i was like how many games do you play this week and he's like four i think or something like you know and he was he was injured or he was he was kind of working playing through something um so what is you for your view on that there's a lot of pressure a lot of push and pull from a lot of different areas there's a lot of obviously training then playing um you know which is going to ultimately maybe cause some kind of a breakdown down the line you know is um especially with the i suppose the pressure on people they don't want to miss out or if they get dropped they want to be at everything you know yeah um, do, you, do you come across that oh big time so i like that what we'll see a lot is the more talented you are the higher the demand of um from you so you're going to be let's just say you're a 14 year old um girl or boy and uh you're involved in football you're involved in athletics but uh, like at that level then they're probably playing under 14s and under 16s and at that point they're probably looking at doing development squads and athletics you're probably training twice a week and then some race in the weekend um so i mean it just depends it depends on on the parents some of them they want to force the kid which is a big thing always kind of have a look at yourself and see are you are you pushing the kid or does the kid actually want to go um and that it doesn't even matter what age they are. I mean, you they can start from under nines where they're out training Monday to Sunday. And what we would say as a general rule is that you at least have two recovery days off, just like the seniors would with county, where they are off. They have two recovery days. They do your they do their gym, and they they play three times a week, and that's on field only. So, um, what I'm getting at is. If you have a kid who, who is major in demanding, whether it's under 14s, under 16s, get them to, I suppose, nearly narrow down of what they want to do. I mean, often, again, it would be a mix of football, soccer and basketball or rugby. Um, they're going to get their general cardio from the training um, on the field. Um, what you need to find is that balance. So they're, they're, they're definitely not trying to train twice a week or uh, twice a day. That's yeah. something we see a lot. And it's like, that's an awful lot on the body make sure they get their it's recovery like professional kind of it is it is but it's just it's just the demand yeah. which it's not because i mean they burn themselves out and by the time they hit 18 or 19 they're like you know what i haven't stopped since i was 12 mm. i haven't had a weekend off which is a bit mad because yeah. i mean their kids they're meant to be enjoying their freedom um on top of that i mean if they're sitting all day in school 
kind of adds to the party. Reflection the whole day. I remember that stuck with me actually. This was a good few years ago now. And Joe, I think it's the time I was in with my back, and Joe said to me about he just seen that day. I think a fifteen year old had come in. Again, good level player development, um, and was in chronic pain, knee. I think it was knee. I don't know, maybe back or knee, but it was one of them, anyways. And he just like Joe was like, oh, um, like what? Why have you come in today? Do you know what's you know? And he just he goes, which was quite sad. He just said, Joe, I just don't want to be in pain anymore. Do you know? And uh, mm-hmm. he ended up having to give up playing altogether. I think it was it was that serious. So um, it just shows, you know, and the the, the pressure, I suppose. Um, and it's young lads who have got a bit of ability, you think, you know, who want to do everything, you know, like want to play yeah. everything, want to play every game. Because, as you said, it's, it's so sort of cutthroat sometimes, you know, it's tight. If you if you don't make a training or a match, you know, you could be dropped for the big game or whatever. From the development squads yeah. a lot, yeah. But I suppose, or if you, something you see is, I'd say, I, you kind of, there are certain injuries that you recognise in, in kids and teenagers and particularly in young boys or if they do an awful lot of growing, they're going to get specific injuries. Because well, what, what would they be generally? You're looking at patellar tendon, um, so Osgood schlatters um, would be major, and there's only one way around it. You have to rest it because the body, like if you look at it as a case where the body is growing so much so quickly that the muscles haven't quite caught up in terms of um, yeah. flexibility, elasticity, and that's what's caused the pulling on the knee. The other one would be a paris fracture, which is in the back. I haven't seen one in any girls yet, but all in fellas. Okay. And they're very hard to diagnose, but there will be pain on sprinting, okay. for instance, as opposed to somebody who has back pain. And let's say if I want to drive them nuts, I tell them, do I go sprinting with you or do you want to go for a 5k run? And they'll always say sprinting or jumping or leaning back. They'd be very common um, on sprains, really. But the big thing is you, you need to learn how to manage them. And often it's kind of, oh, yeah, put a bit of ice on it and hope it goes away. Yeah. It won't go away. It'll come back and haunt you for sure, unless you manage it well. Yeah. So it, it needs, um, I suppose, a good, you need to have a good head with injuries like that. But as as, as kids, they, can't they rest. hope that it might just go away. Um, and would you get generally good compliance with them or would they? It depends on the age. Okay. Um, tens and twelves, they need a lot of pushing from the parents. I've only had one young girl. Um, who had severe neck pain, um, major migraines, and she was like that for about three years, wow. agony. Wow. And it just worked on neck work to get rid of her headaches and her migraines left after a month, but she applied herself diligently. Mm. She did her rehab, rehab every day, not every second day like I asked her yeah, to. Yeah. But she was so keen on getting rid of it. And like she astounded the consultant in um, the pediatrician consultant in Cork. Wow. And she was going she for was MRIs so... and everything. She was hospitalized for pain. Morphine wouldn't work. Everything. She was only 12. But other than that, I think anything from 14 up, you're pretty safe that they'll do their work. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> Hopefully, most of the time. Because <laughs> the, the thing is, they come back in, they haven't done it, you'll be able to pick oh, up you'd on know. it. Yeah, you yeah. Know straight oh, I know. That's why I have to do my homework. <laughs> and Julie, but Mike, have you done your, re- your rehab? I'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I've been fairly consistent in fairness, but. um. This week's not been a great week, but look, well, next week was, I wasn't feeling too great this week. Um, <laughs> but um, again, it's probably a question I was going to ask later on, but now we're in the flow of it there. Um, probably in the last, I don't know, five, six years, um, and we'll go on to both men and women, I suppose, and we've got another question regarding um, women um, later on. But in regards to just generally the increase in, I suppose, the being an athlete, um, building up, um, mass should we say muscle mass in regards to you know when they're still growing if even if they're teenage or older the more focus on getting big um with young maybe lads especially um Mm. and as you touched on there the the connective tissue not being able to cope with or their flexibility movement and their agility then slows down um do you come across that in regards to just doing too much in the gym um, and not working on the other aspects of their game or so agility and movement and sort of you know deceleration all that type of stuff that makes it complex now you could be digging a hole here mike <laughs> <laughs> i think flexibility agility that needs to be trained um on field or in a gym yeah. and i don't know how much experience coaches have with that yeah and are they going to try and wing how to decelerate well because what we see is 
I mean, if you look at a toddler squatting and now you look at the majority of us, none of us can squat like a no. baby can or a toddler. And you're like, that's all from sitting. That's all from not using the right muscles. And we see that as as kids evolve. They can't get out of a chair without yep. using their hands and it gets progressively as worse as they get older. But um, in terms of, I suppose, building muscle and getting big, it's not a major focus until they're trying to impress more like it teenagers yeah, teenagers yeah. trying to impress the young the, their their peers or the, the, girls the young and ones the boys. essentially <laughs> yeah um but not an awful lot and then it's all upper body yeah, yeah typically is what you see and then you start bench pressing um and it's all push 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 base as opposed to pulling Pull, like pulling. rows and pull-ups and that um and what you see then is they get really big chest wise and but they can't even bring their arms over their head anymore and that's now progressive over years so you get some seriously bad um, dysfunctional shoulder movements as a result and of that. And stuff. Um, but other than that, I mean, to be honest, we don't get a lot of young girls, young being anything from 10 up. Yeah. We wouldn't. And I wonder, is that maybe to do with the, I suppose, the psychology behind training and the, the trainer saying, oh, yeah, you'll be all right. Leave, leave it at that. Whereas yeah. young fellas often get pushed to go to physio by their parents. Yeah. I don't know if that's just my own personal view. To be honest, I've had one young girl in the whole year, but we've had loads, loads of young fellas. Yeah, yeah, so that's, 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 that's interesting. It's interesting yeah. because obviously there's a lot of girls do play sport. Um, there is absolutely no rehab. Yeah. I mean, it's the way if you kind of look at the way the G have gone now, it's nearly like the way the ladies have nearly been playing, where they they rock up in their gear, they're out into the field, and they're back in. There's no physio. There's no strapping. They get back into the car in their gear and they drive home. But that's nearly what the GA seems to be like now. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. no dressing rooms. And if you kind of look at it like that, that's nearly how the girls are always my... I did try and go back to playing football this year. It didn't really work, but it's what I saw even yeah. with the lads. Um, but kind of going on a... From bodybuilding perspective, from a strength, the only thing I would notice now more so is that women that come in and they have to do resistance training as part of their program for a lower back they all worry that they're going to get big yeah not going to happen i get that all the time yeah it's like yeah, it's, it's like weight training and it's very you know it's and and unless you're going to pop testosterone s- yeah exactly is because there's just so minimal amount of it you know you're not going to bog but it's just that that myth and the, i try and debunk some you know the the, the myths um a lot but it's like oh i don't want to get big or but you know the benefits <laughs> of strength training is so massive and you know yourself obviously weight loss if that's yeah what you're oh, huge for. like um, and toning um and just posture and as you said big time yeah you touched it there and there's a question as well where i suppose in this push button world we live in in regards to tech and um people are inflection more so they sat down a lot driving if they're on their desk they're working from home um posterior chain back of the body you know switched off most of the time um you know i find and you know most people coming through that you know when we are looking at testing their pull and, and their sort of deadlift and they're they're sometimes never use those muscles really do you know and not in a long time yeah no. and, they forget and, they're there and then they get scared of the feeling yeah and then they're like oh i can feel that in the back but like yeah you're doing a deadlift you are going to feel it you know it's working your back mm. muscles are probably really weak so um and what you find in people who, who think oh it's you know i'm not very flexible or i have tight or muscles or but it's actually a weak muscle but um it's kind of getting yeah. getting them into strengthening um and i suppose that kind of myth where, where women think oh i'm allergic to a barbell like you know that kind of way whereas i think more and more in the last few years you've seen a lot more women who take part who, who do strength train you see powerlifting crossfit they're doing other things like that as yeah. well or um i think there needs to be more there needs to be way more emphasis on it even from like a bone health or like from a cardiovascular mm. perspective I, like i mean once there is the change in the body from 40 onwards and your estrogen drops your body is going to produce less of the the hormone or there will be less reaction towards um building bone density where osteoporosis and osteopenia feature and bone health is one of my things where i'm kind of like do the exercise just for the sake of good, good making sure you don't get a, a fractured hip at the age of 60 yeah. when you could have prevented it yeah and it won't ha- you won't know that there's changes happening in the body and i see that a lot from the consultants coming back as well they want the women to do their strength even if it's once a week just for maintenance and walking isn't going to cut it 
No. So walking in straight lines will not do it. <laughs> you have to add resistance. Pools aren't going to help and bikes are not going to help. Yeah, you, care what they say. you see that look. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I go out for a walk a few times a week. You know, it will not yeah. cut it. And I'll be no. like, okay, that's yeah, walking's better than not walking, but you have to be doing more than you that. You need to add yeah. a stress. Yeah, stress, a stress to the, exactly. the yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, that was good. We went off there on a, on a good tangent. There's a few, <laughs> few questions, probably. I do that a lot. But that's me too. But that's good. I have a few questions covered there later on, so we covered them already. Um, going back to, so you. Did your physiology degree, you said in that last year, you realised, okay, physical therapy is the way to go. You then went on to your physical therapy. Um, and then what brought you down to Kerry? How did you meet Mr. Keane? Mr. Keane went to, um, he'll probably fill you in, hopefully, when he does his podcast. Yeah, next, but, um, next week, Joe. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> but um, he um, he went back to uh, IPTAS, which is the, the institute that I, I went to college in, um, you had to be a mature student, so I was hitting 23 at the time. Um, but he went to do the final year again because when he did it at the time, it was only a diploma. Okay. Um, and that's, I don't know, we got on like a house on fire and yeah. I was six months in and I was coming down here for study group because we had to, you had to form a study group to be able to practice all the, the modalities and the treatments. Yeah. So there was always a group of four or five of us, but um. I was coming down here and I was sitting in on this clinic and um, he he asked me that I want to come down and work with him and build up my, my patient base and work my way up into partner in the clinic. So yeah. that pretty much happened after I went off to Australia for the summer. Came back in September and haven't left since. There you go, had a good blowout, <laughs> had a good blowout in, in Australia for the summer. And then... That was the world's biggest plague, no, I'd say. <laughs> no, 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 you're, you're a great team and, and work really well because I can see the dynamic. Um, and, you know, I think it was last year or the year before, you know, you started doing a bit of screening here as well with, with my members and stuff, which was, which was good. That was and, great, yeah. yeah um, and I suppose that leads on to the question of that, I suppose that treatment, that rehab, that chain... Um, and how you know go from a physical therapist then obviously they're working physically with them but also then giving them this is what you do in the gym and then mm-hmm. to then you know refer them on to the next sort of chain and so to speak and just talk about that kind of and you know what I do here in regards to mind body as well is that holistic approach to it and you've got the holistic approach you guys as well because you can see it because you're you know you're not just someone in a room and you're working with them for half an hour 40 minutes you know and then you know here's a print out a couple of exercises here you go it's more like okay we will do a bit of work on we're going to bring you into the gym we're going to show you literally how to do we're going to take a video of you doing it you know there's no excuse to yeah, do not doing your work so. exactly exactly and then you're kind of coming back because i need to reassess you and then if you haven't done your homework you'll know you know there's no hiding place with that because you know and you're only trying to make them better and that's what i, I find is great because you're you want the person to be better and end up having not to come back. Do you know what you're yeah, being? It's the being, bigger yeah, picture. Yeah. Um, like, so um, I suppose the way it works is once they come in for their consultation, whether they've been referred to a GP friend or um, a consult, um, a sports med doctor, once we've kind of established the history and evaluated what's going on and then figuring out not only the immediate goal, but the long-term goal, which is often just simply being pain-free, um, the approach would always be let's just get often it's the case of waking up muscles that are I suppose nearly what I call in hibernation mode. Depends there are certain areas that I know um are I suppose very dysfunctional. Whether it's the lower back, the shoulder or or say even in the ankle. And you gotta bring him through basic activation to um just starting to build slowly bit by bit the, the strength and that's where often the fear is, particularly in chronic cases where they need to overcome the, the idea that the back pain that they're feeling or the pain that they have in their shoulder is not a bad pain mm, yeah. it's it's um but it scares the living daylights out of them they think pain and is bad yeah so i like to break it up into bad pain and good pain yeah. and trying to explain the difference to them um so that they understand that when they go home and they're meant to do their session in two days time that they what they're doing is going to be good and if obviously they're any bit worried they get on to us but that starts to build and that can take months yeah. to break down and to try and get them to overcome that and getting them thinking about the idea of actually going back running, for instance. Yeah. Um, but I suppose once you build the strength and it, it depends on the body part, like for, I suppose the standard for lower back, non-specific back pain would be aiming for one time through body weight on a deadlift. Well, if you know you can lift your body weight on a deadlift, good form, good technique, 
you can be guaranteed you're not going to have any more pain. Yeah. You can be guaranteed to feel like you're on top of the world and you can take on anything. Mm. Um, the same principle applies to whether you're talking calves or you're talking shoulders and neck. Um, but if you think of the bigger picture, once you start at basic, you work your strength, you move to max strength. Max strength is really pushing your ability. And from there, you want to develop power. Now, that, if you're, I suppose, just um, somebody who likes to be able to walk or do five to uh, couch to 5K, it might stop at max strength. But if you want to be any form of an amateur athlete to professional, you need to work towards max, uh, max strength and power, mm. developing speed, so you can be guaranteed that your body can absorb the shock or the, the pressure that's involved with, say, impact from running or throwing a ball or playing baseball through the shoulder or the neck. Um, and that's where S&C comes in, yeah. where you develop um, or you liaise with an S&C coach who can help with that performance side of things. Um, like that's, that's the reason why we're doing the UKSCA is to develop that side of our, our knowledge as well, because yeah. I mean, it goes hand in hand. It merges in, and we really see that with the with Kerry. Yeah. I mean, you want to make sure you understand the lingo, so that you can yeah. of the S and C, and you're like, oh yeah, box jump. What's that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? But that's great that you guys are, because um, that's I don't know if you guys, the UKSC the the UK and Conditioning Qualification is is pretty much one of the, if not one the, best, the best, best one out out there, yeah. and it's really obviously it's a tough it's a tough one to 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 get, but like you're you're well on the way to it, um, but to have that as you know for you guys to doing that is brilliant i think because it's getting that you know it's not just okay this we're, we're going to be in the gym we're rehabbing these guys that some of them are athletes they don't have necessarily have to be if you're going to be teaching them okay some olympic lifting protocols and things mm-hmm. which are very complex which we'll go on to in, in a little bit um but knowing them and being qualified you know highly qualified in in, in strength and conditioning is going to be a huge plus to your well, business and clinic yeah. going forward yeah. isn't it really but i suppose the, the other thing like that's where where you step in or anyone who does personal training if you are like you don't have to be an athlete to come into us for yeah. instance but and if your goal is weight loss well i'm not going to do that for you but i'll find somebody who will or yeah. a dietitian i will will find the solution to what your needs are yeah. which have to be more than just let's get pain free because you got to look at the bigger picture why did it happen in the first place so let's make sure it doesn't happen again and find the joy of going into fitness classes then with mike who can roar at you a little bit more i don't roar no. No, raise my voice slightly maybe but <laughs> the, the guys who go in at 11 o'clock may may um yeah may 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 uh, be uh, agreeing with you on that one i don't think they were too uh, i did a finisher song there with happy do you know by pharrell and they had to do uh, <laughs> i think it was a burpee every happy that was mentioned so i don't think they were too happy leaving but uh <laughs> be, but feel, feel great afterwards. feel great afterwards. um but no i find that 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 kind of and just in regards to when I went with my back a few years ago, it was like a okay, assessed by Jer, had an idea that something sort of obviously then referred up, I think it was Dana Falvey, mm-hmm. um, back down, then into the SNC, back to Jer, then into an SNC coach, started on the basic band work, which was even tough at the time, and then progressing yeah, through, yeah. so it was getting the activation, getting the muscles firing again, and just working, at, and you know, and what we're not giving the, you know, giving the guys and following, say you're, your, your rehab ones with them and they're doing their home you know you have to keep on stressing this it can be very tedious stuff with the bands at home but it makes so much difference like to yeah to, if you're to, six if you, months in yeah if you keep doing it like it's gonna it, it will but i was only talking about this in a podcast post the last day sorry i think an instagram post where you know people are very impatient it's like <laughs> i want to feel better next week or two weeks time mm-hmm. and we you know or they's coming to me i want to lose this one i want to look like this i want to do this in in the next few weeks and it's like a you know that's not going to happen. I but wish I had a magic yeah, yeah, um, I'm good, but <laughs> it's like if you, if you, and I've clients who are now on their say three or four months in, they've been doing religiously two, three times a week. They're doing following the program. They they know it's a the long game. Yeah, we have smaller goals, but like you know, they they know they want to be. You know, it's going to take maybe three, six, nine months, twelve months before they they're getting to that point. But they're enjoying the process. They're they're seeing physical change in their body composition. They feel it in their they clothes. Feel it that's yeah. brilliant like you know they can actually see and now you know working with a young lad who's very like my physique when I was really you know quite I've always been tall and skinny um and I'm gradually filling out now <laughs> but um he the, he was you know I kind of was like I used to be that kind of you know 15 16 um 
and just again nice and steady progress and consistent again and now you know he's feeling a bit fuller and he's feeling more into himself and feeling you know, yeah he's, um, fe- he's feeling yeah. like he's he's melting into his own skin yeah really. yeah so i mean that's that's great that's as i said earlier that's why i'm still in the game 20 years is it's, it's, it's you know seeing a change in someone's personality um and the belief that you know with there being an injury and a few people come in and they're like or, you know, struggling to sit down in the office and then, you know, a few months down the line, they're, they're bouncing around the place, you know. So mm-hmm. it's great. You know? once, once you come in at the right entry level, you have to, like, I like when I was starting out, I got caught once or twice and it's a learning curve yeah. where, you know, you push somebody too hard, but you weren't listening. So, yeah. I mean, the big part, and it's just personal development that comes with the job. You don't learn that in college, that um, when you give somebody work that you're really paying attention to what they're what they're what they're doing yeah. but how they're responding your facial features tell an awful lot yeah. um or how they're feeling or when they come in and they might they might be six months six months in and they're flying it but they've had numerous surgeries and all sorts of injuries and you can see that they're really depressed mm-hmm. and it's to straight away hone in on that and address it because if you don't they're going to leave unhappy yeah and you definitely and you don't, don't want, want that, that to and that comes with experience as you said you it kind of pick on those cues and, and you're like i think i'm a slash counselor at this stage you know you, you know yeah. and uh, i remember going to, to eventually maybe five years ago into a conference and jerry hussey which i'm trying to get jerry on the podcast hopefully he'll come on um he's a psychologist he was talking about how he worked with the irish boxing team at a point when they weren't really meddling they were they were they were good but they they just there was a reason why but his he came in and he wasn't even I think he went in voluntarily wasn't getting paid for it but he was like okay let's break this down let's rebuild it and it was like instead of just looking at the performance which was the tip of the iceberg they were looking at the person the whole person mm-hmm. um, and you know everyone come in they could have something going on that day they could be stressed they could have problems like we all do but it's like picking up on that and, and like making them and, and that's how I see my ethos here is like I say we call it a pie we like pies or a cake and we're like life is three three parts of a pie, so to speak. So I'd have, there is one part is their, say, work life. They have home life and then they have, let's call it Studio 7 life. Do you know? And even if it isn't, what I, what I try to do and Aaron and you guys do is, is make that part of the day the best part of their day. So mm-hmm. that when they leave, uh, they're, they're, yeah, they've had a good workout, but, you know, they're buzzing and they're like, you know, they've got a bit of belief and they're happy and then that's what we do every single time someone comes through the doors is when they leave is feel a bit better and you're you know yeah. i can see you guys are the same it's just giving people belief and because i've worked with Jer and julia you know afterwards i'm buzzing i'm like yeah actually one more year maybe i'm, no, not, no. I'm not that bad <laughs> <laughs> she's a tough cookie though because i have a good few of her uh, clients now and uh um but it's great to see because she pushes you and it's like you know you can it's do just more getting the balance right really. yeah it is yeah. and that's just a balancing act really with them and yeah. Because, you know, sure, the son would never think they could pick up a 15 or 20 kg bar on a deadlift and now they're doing it. Like, do you know, yeah. and they're like, wow, actually, it's not I, that bad. You've you got to look at the way I look. I kind of look at the bigger picture. And the way I, particularly, again, towards women is you don't focus in on, the, the, the I suppose, the end goal in terms of what weight I want them to lift at. Particularly if a doctor told them, you have to lift body weight. Yeah. And said, well, look, you're going to be starting at seven kg or ten kg and it's slowly going to creep up and you're mm. not going to realize it but all of a sudden you're lifting 20 yeah. and you're surprised with yourself but that's there you kind of what you see in particularly again lower back pain and uh, because the chronicity of it the first eight weeks is really telling and they're not going to see huge gains yeah. but it'll be small things that they're telling me that i know okay we've got a win here there's small little victories along the way and then all of a sudden when they hit a certain weight they'll fly yeah and they just it's kind of yeah they just the fly. switch goes off and they're like actually oh, big time yeah and they start realizing do you know what this is working whereas yeah. the, the belief sometimes they some people are they, they bring doubt in it yeah. they, they've been through they've been to every so much yeah yeah every person going and they're not getting where they want to be yeah. and it's trying to get them to really believe in the journey yeah. because it does take time it does and i had a good example of that this year's going i was in europe and uh lady came in literally she had a back brace on struggling to come down even sit on the chair in the office and it was like she tried everyone everyone had said look we can't do much more i think she had a fall outside um um cracked her back i think it was bad enough she tried everything specialist the whole shebang and just was like defeated you could see it in her she Mm -hmm. had nothing left in her and i was like just said look 
you know, I've, you know, I'm not going to turn you away. Like, I, I, even if I just got you moving and just getting a bit of mobility in you, um, and you know, we started using the kinesis hold, you know, a little bit of movement, basic stuff. But then two or three weeks, the back brace was coming off. You use the salt pool as well for a little bit of post, um, but just you know, a bit of belief started coming. Started doing a little bit more. She had nearly no power really in her left in her left arm, but then started to get some rows going, and then down the line I think I saw her in town and probably not long ago maybe just before Christmas and she was buzzing and she's like oh yeah she's now walking 5k's and doing jog, you know jogging and, yeah you know that's dreams like that, that and you know, I think she said Gage sent me a little card one and I, I still have it thank you Gage I still have yeah, it I keep, I keep her those things and it's like you know even you make that little bit of belief in somebody and you know yeah you know you just even instill that and you know, guide them on and just see the difference where she thought I'm done and I can't yeah. do anything nobody can do anything she's been to the top specialist and it was you know, not saying I do anything, did anything miraculous, but it was just giving her a bit of belief and said, "No, look, we can, we can do something. Let's do a bit mm-hmm. of basic movement. Let's start pulling. Let's kind of get a bit of strength in there." And then, you know, and, and it worked out for us. So, you know, it's that, it's that. Yeah. That's half the battle, isn't it? Is it? It's getting that. The belief, belief yeah, back. and understanding, I suppose, when it comes to musculoskeletal, you're guaranteed that it's always going to heal. It's just going to yeah. heal, but how weak you're going to be. So a fracture will always heal. Yeah. A muscle will always heal. A tendon, well, unless it's ruptured, but you've got countless other accessory muscles to do the job yeah. so it all depends what you want to achieve so you, you reckon i could make a comeback i think i do i do <laughs> i can play for the veterans the, ve- the veterans <laughs> next year next year maybe I, I'm, julia's about to give me a bit of a running program because um my plyos my plyos are getting better um so maybe the over 35s next summer you never know <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to go back though but uh um it's no. having the option Knowing yeah, that you it's, it's known it's strong well. enough, and that and that's why I said to you when I when I when I first went to you, then I was like, uh, I want to rehab like I was going to, like, and have the option there because if it's strong enough to do that, um, even going out, you know, going for a jog, or having a seven aside with 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 my mates on a Tuesday evening would be enough for me to give me a bit of a, a de stress or whatever, like you know, mm-hmm. down the line. So it's not like I go about playing competitively; wouldn't be to that point anymore. I have to find a new hobby, but um, it's it's just having that belief because yeah, yeah, um, because it's just something that was a big part of my life, and it and it's 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 sad when you kind of have to give it up. When I say give it up, but like getting a bad injury and you're like oh but um no no I'm, I'm you know and again it was great because i got i was doing bits and pieces but to get a plan from from you um and okay this is your strength work this is your power work these are your progressions come back to me now in four weeks so i knew i okay i have to put my um and plus they're actually in here all the time so <laughs> i have to you be seen to be doing right. something <laughs> but that's it you do need an outsider sometimes even yeah. though you know what you're doing you need an outsider oh big to, time big time because you're going to like going through the ACL surgery the third time, um, January 2018, yeah, 2019. I mean, I know it's a drill. I've brought countless people through the program um, from week one, but I needed Jer to literally give me a kick up the backside. Yeah. And given the history in the knee, and it's fairly dodgy um, structurally, I knew it was going to be more of a problematic knee. I mean, yeah. the surgery barely went ahead because there's screws and bolts in there from. 15 years ago but yeah. do you know what it worked yeah um it just you need especially when you're scared or you're worried you need somebody to keep driving you on yeah and that's what you guys do very well um and i think that sort of stands you out among the rest and, and why you're so um so successful so um long may it last and uh, uh just a couple more questions and we're gonna uh, finish with the final three um, your favorite curse word. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Well, you can throw that in as a fourth if you want. Um, just last couple of questions. Just we touched on Olympic lifting there, Julia, um, and I know you're pra- you're practicing because you'll be doing you know your assessments and stuff soon. And just kind of go through briefly, say with the with the listeners about Olympic lifting and the benefits of it. Um, against your I suppose your traditional power work um and i know i think Kerry brought it in this year haven't they but they weren't really mm-hmm. doing it maybe the fact that it's so technical and trying to teach a group of lads it but like you know from when i you know did did, did an snc course myself that the, they were talking about kind of the the power the power production from olympic lifting compared to say your, your common deadlift or your you oh, know geez. there's so it's much so is, is and in regards to ga and and just athletes in general the how and now they're obviously they're taking it on into county level um which probably should you know have been a few years ago but just in regards to the the just the benefits of it and the, in regards to performance what, what are your yeah. thoughts on it well i suppose it's, first off it's just evolution of of training yeah um yeah. you think it was back in the day deadlifting and bench pressing but you've got to look at how 
um, how the exercise you're doing in the gym merges in or copies the movement you do on the field. And yep. if you look at, say, a simple back squat, front squat, or a deadlift, the act of dropping down into a squat or a similar position and then going up into a standing or triple extension like a jump or, um, say, a cleaner snatch, um, they replicate the movement of a runner, a cyclist, a diver, yeah. a motorcyclist who has to have core trunk stability, same with a golfer. So they marry in perfectly. And then it's to use those derivatives of the lifts or the plyometrics that you do with the box and the single leg jumps and so on to hone in and work on the single leg symmetry um, power through that single leg or that upper body. So where Olympic lifting comes in, it's, I mean, not only is just general resistance strength training brilliant for posture, um, yeah. but in mobility, flexibility, if you look at Aidan Amani, if you follow him on Instagram, I was, yeah, I have, I mean, I have he's been, a different person in it. Just compared to what he's doing with the same. Yeah, the, from the, all his broken bones and whatnot, yeah. um, he is a completely different animal. Yeah, I saw him in here the last day the two of you were working away, and I was like, geez, you know, even like an overhead squat is difficult, yeah. anyways. And he was getting serious steps on them, Luna. You know, and then he showed up a video, I think, he when he started and he was struggling, and it yeah. just shows. Um, I mean, it's, I like, I've noticed from, from my training perspective. I mean, I've never been as strong as I have been now, yeah. and I've been around training for a long, long time. Yeah. I mean, if you can, if you can overhead squat fifty kg, and I'm, I probably weigh about fifty eight, fifty nine kg. You're That's getting close. You're doing to, pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll be like, you, I can you get a it. great, you get a great buzz out of it. You feel, you feel strong. You, f I mean, I've, I don't have an ache or a pain except for my dodgy knee lock, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it doesn't stop me from doing those either because of the low resistance or low impact. Yeah first say running so yeah. i know i can i can lift away but it, it works on every element of your body you work on mobility along with i suppose single leg strength you're looking at core stability and talking about core strength and back is another another thing yeah. you hear gps talking about core strength that's not sit up and blanks no, no no core is deep muscles in your back your your multifidi your rotatories, your erectus spinae, they're the ones that you work on to deadlift, the squat, on your power lifting. Um, yeah, you get yeah. all of those. So yeah. It's getting it's, that across to people as well. It's like, you know, yeah. your core work isn't just what you think it is. You know, your core, the amount of core work you're doing more, on, a, on a, yeah, it's like a split squat or a Bulgarian or, you know, yeah. just walking lunge, whatever you're doing, deadlifts, you know, those type of lifting that your core is working so hard to keep you Yeah, in, in without that, feeling, in, in, yeah. you don't need to feel the burn in your yeah, stomach exactly. to know that you're definitely working that yeah. one. Like how that translates the sport is it's you're developing if I mean, if you think weight drops at 9.8 meters per second. OK, and if you're dropping under a bar that weighs 50 kg, um, whether it's an, a snatch or a clean or a jerk or whatever it is, and you're getting under that before it falls on top of you. Yeah. You know, you're bloody fast. You do. And you're working on not only concentric strength, which is your ability to move the object. You're looking at deceleration, your ability to put your brakes on from an eccentric muscle perspective, from a tendon stiffness, um, you develop all of those aspects through the derivatives of the lifts. And you mightn't even need to do the full clean. Yeah. You'll still get benefits from the from different versions, the derivatives. Yeah. And that translates to sport. Yeah, big time. Even like the power production from that first pull even, you know, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Is, is massive. Like, you know, and as yeah. you said, if you can't quite get it right up to a full clean or, or you know even that first part of it or the first two phases of the model uh, you know you're, you're getting some great um, benefits from it so um but no it's great i said it's it's it's, it's great to see um the progression and i suppose people just you know believing they you know they can they can kind of do those type mm -hmm. of movements um again they are very technical and and well, yeah, how, how you progress them the through it yeah there. yeah They're exactly for that but yeah you're you're looking at if you want to have an advantage above your next fella who no matter if you're i mean there is this this whole thing about runners and not doing strength training that's different kettle of fish and yeah. you're if you're not designed to put on weight as most long distance runner runners yeah, are yeah, you're not going to no no matter how hard you try um unless you take steroids yeah, yeah um so you're guaranteed to get a training effect or it's same applies to a golfer if you're a pro golfer and you want to work on your swing well there's only one way you're going to do it and you're really going to get the benefits and we see that even in 50 60 year olds who who just like golf and yeah. they do say the captain's cup or whatever yeah, it's called yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't know anything about golf no. but they see from basic deadlifting and squatting that their their range their score yeah. or 
footballers the same that they can now score better because they're looking up as opposed to looking down and that yeah so yeah. you you see it from all the little things that they tell you and as you said from that kind of when you're getting to that level into county um or a good amateur goal for or, or, or further those those few those extra half a percent or a percent is is massive like it's gonna oh, be time. and you can as yeah. you said if you can stand that little bit extra or stand out against someone who's trying to have the same place as you you know um and you can get to that ball that slight bit quicker or you can decelerate quicker and turn mm-hmm. quicker you know you're going to get the, the, the benefits from it so but even working for the young golf myself um she's around she's an Irish under 16 is, is working for the last two winters really and again just building her up um and um obviously working on her mobility and stuff but also just building up you know the deadlift etc and you know her her trans you know the the transfer it's great to see the transfer from work from the gym work in onto the course or into the yeah. pitch and you'll probably feel the same as you're seeing oh, they're yes, flying and they come into and they're like oh, i had a great game i was flying you know and, and yeah, it's like yeah. seeing that that you know the reason why we do this it, there is a reason you know there's, there's benefits to it if you then um go on to um and your performance and she's flying like you know in regards to her numbers and she's mm-hmm. down to nearly two you know handicap of two nearly or something you know she, I think that's good, yeah it? i think that's good <laughs> i'm not a big uh, uh golfer either um but like um no she's flying so it just shows the the, the impact you can you, you can have yeah like, there's a fantastic transfer in, yeah. in that and i mean you don't have to be big to be powerful yeah, I think that's um, another kind that's, of myth. That's a like, big myth. I mean, it's like a power lifter or something. You don't need, you know. Oh, you don't have like as you, you said, see. You, you well, you especially with young lads. I like, so they're going to develop and get bigger anyway. Um, that's a given. Um, but you definitely do not need to be big. Once once you can have you have that strength, you can turn that into power. Being able to control that, and let's say somebody comes on and tries to tackle you, they'll just bounce off yeah, you. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. You could drop a good shoulder. Oh, big time. Uh, I'd say you could, I'd it. say, in your, in your water for days, I'd say you could, you could. Yeah, and even even going back to football there in January, I mean, I could definitely hold my own. I'm, I'm yeah, not yeah. very tall, but you just, and she's that's tough. I've seen, her, I've seen her working out. She's, she's, non, she's not to be messed with, guys. But I remember even that day, because I remember talking to you before you left to go to you were buzzing, like, you know, because, you know, you were like, I'm going back training, you know. And, yeah, and that, that was short lived, but. Yeah, the next day, you. <laughs> But you, you never know. Never say never. You know, you're getting strong no, in the Olympic no, lifting. No, is no. that it? Is that it? Um, it's a definite oh, okay. no. I was okay. tensing my arm there. Okay. I knew well, you had to test it out. Oh, yeah. yeah. There was too much structural damage, but I knew that was going to happen. I had yeah. a feeling. I couldn't see myself in the green and gold or the, the kill common colours. So I was, let's try it and see does it work. Exactly. And, and that was it. But look, that's fine. You can do lots of other stuff you can do. <laughs> no, like do podcasts with me. So we're probably going to be doing a part two because we, we've been chatting away for an hour, but we're going to we're gonna wrap it up uh, soon. Um, and we'll ask you three last questions. All my guest podcasts finish with this. So, okay, they're not too scary. Um, <laughs> well, actually, the first one is involves being scared. No, it doesn't. It goes, the first question is, what, if anything, scares you, Julia Boost? Anything scare you in life in general? Um <laughs> Does anything scare me? Um, I was putting you on the spot here, but... It's more physical-like. I wouldn't want to be stuck in a field with bulls, <laughs> to be honest. I, I, I wouldn't um, either. That's I, okay. ha- I have had a really scary uh, near-death moment in New Zealand, um, going up a, a volcanic mountain. I nearly did die on oh, that. Geez. So I've got a bit of a fear of... Oh, Volcanoes. Okay, from I'm, mountains. I'm going to make myself go up there eventually. I'm just a bit too scared at the moment. We'll, we'll do a group. I was going to do a group outing. We'll come with. Um, we'll, we'll get a guide and we'll go. I've been up oh, once. I, I've been up once, but I'd like to do it again. That was years ago. Um, we'll try and sort that out. We'll make that happen. We'll make that dream come true. Um, number two. What or who inspires you? Has anyone inspired you over the years, or is there anything you look to and you're like, yeah, that would be just inspire you, whether it be in your field of work or just in in life in general. Uh, do you know what I well I put Jer on the list there straight yeah, away yeah because, I put Jer I put Jer on the list <laughs> yeah and there's the sports doc uh, Ina Falvey yeah I met just, him yeah I mean he's they you they they say it and you do it and that's yeah. it um and there's there's a reasoning the reasoning is I mean it makes sense yeah what they say um and it's just their ideas why do they do what they do yeah um but they'd be top of the list really no i agree i mean even aiden put up i think on a story the last day someone put up a question as like who's the guy taking the video i don't know if you saw it was on his story and joe was taking the video he's in the background mm-hmm. you can see him in the mirror or whatever and aiden was like just the legend jerkin who's the most inspirational most 
motivational person I've ever come across. Oh, he is. And that I would, sure. I would, I would agree because as I went in, I went in all kind of depressed, came out, and I'm actually, I've got a few years left of me. No, he has that way about him, and you know, when he comes on as well, it's just he's very positive and go, look, you can get through this. This is what yeah. it is. And like you said, as a matter of fact, look, this is what it is. This is how we're going to treat it. This is you're going to be starting doing your strengthening work, blah blah blah. And we're going to, what a time scale, and this is yeah. what we're going to do. And you'll be, you know, you'll be back to, to playing again or whatever it is. So I mean, once if, if you don't have the answer, you'll find the answer. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of the idea behind it as well. So yeah. I, he's really, he's driven me on big time. That's brilliant. Great to hear. Um, no, you work really well together. Um, and as I said, um, your, um, your kind of clinic thing is in planning stage is it um you don't have to go Our too much into clinic. it yeah yeah it's um so there's work started on it but um essentially covid has made the hames of everything okay um so of, of trying to actually get going on it and yeah. funding and so on so yeah. um it was meant to be started i think it's the work has started on it but it might have come to another stop just because of yeah. covid yeah, this is what it is so at the minute. I don't know where, where we stand. But you'll get there. You'll, you'll get there. It will look beautiful when it's when it's all finished. Um, and last question, and we'll be done. Honestly, you, you can be the the sweat is over. Then <laughs> <laughs> you've done great. You've done really well. Um, okay, you don't have to give me three, but one book or audio, or I don't know if you're into audible books or books that you've read that you would you were like, wow, this is gold like type of thing. Is there anything that you come across recently? Are you a reader? I'm a reader, but I don't remember names. Okay. Do you have a gist, a gist of what it was? Um, I'm reading a book at the moment. It's based on, you know, about the the Spanish flu. Uh, I can't for the life of me. I couldn't actually tell. I'm really bad with names. Okay. You can, you can I, let me I don't know. remember names and I don't remember authors. I just know what the book looks like. Okay. You can fill me in on that again. But I love Sounds books. good. <laughs> I'll find out for you. Um, perfect. That's that, that's all three. That's all three. We'll take that Spanish if you flu. Me it's what good. My favorite chocolate bar was. I mean, I can answer that. What is it? Let's go there on that. Let's Cadbury's go. caramel. Cadbury's caramel. I'm oh, a 100%. I'm a fan of Cadbury's caramel. Actually, what about your favorite crisp? Um, Hegarty's cheese and onion or salt and vinegar. Oh yeah, I used to be. I mean, haven't yeah, eaten them both. recently. Pickled onion monster munch was my all time favorite back in the day. But oh, Perry's. Perry's wrong uh, cocktail. You're making me hungry now. It's going to get yeah. some cake. <laughs> cake is the weekend um but yeah thank you very much julia um, julia booster she's as i said jerking um physical therapy and last question where can if if guys are needing your assistance are you self injure how can they get hold of you how can they reach you tell us a little bit about that um well i suppose uh from a marketing perspective i mean i'm we're on facebook the the page is jerking the physical therapy clinic yeah. um but otherwise i think um jerkeen pt at me.com is their email address and the number is 087-756-4844 i had to think about that okay um <laughs> but yeah that's that's it i mean or just get on to mike yeah get on to studio <laughs> seven and you can find me on instagram and uh, all good um yeah facebook as well and the whole shebang but uh yeah contact me if you can't find the other ones but um yeah thanks for coming in that was really good um i learned a lot um and we'll, entertaining. Uh, yeah <laughs> thank you and we'll con- continue to do so so um continue success to you and the clinic and to Joe and to uh, the future and helping more and more people as you do every day and i see that so thanks for coming in julia i really appreciate it and thanks um, really, we'll get you in for part two after, <laughs> after joe we'll get joe in first <laughs> thank um you. thanks a lot and um yeah talk to you soon cheers so that's a wrap guys on episode 22 of the podcast so yeah thanks again to julia really knowledgeable as you could tell from the that last hour um and does a, an amazing work herself and Jer, um with clients on a daily basis and i see it every day so really really good so if you are interested in or if you have any niggles or any or any injuries give me a shout or give the guys a shout and we'll um we'll get you in for consultation um yeah if you like the podcast please share please comment please leave a star uh, five star well any star <laughs> hopefully it's five star um rating on apple Podcasts. spread the word and yeah let, let's get it let's get it heard because there's just lots of knowledge bombs in there guys from julia so um yeah so hopefully some we've got some uh, some more guests lined up over the next few weeks so looking forward to getting the studio seven podcast back running regularly so hopefully every week we'll get something out to you whether it be a solo podcast or a guest so have a fabulous weekend guys and i'll talk to you very soon Take care.